Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, Growing Together. Um, so glad you're joining us uh, tonight and um, looking forward to be a part of it as well. Um, just wanted to give, I'll, I'll obviously pray at the end before we go into our small groups, but uh, I really do appreciate this environment where we can kind of dig a little deeper and grow a little bit more uh, in our faith based on the teaching that we are doing on, uh, on the weekend. So uh, as you know, we started a new series entitled Countercultural, and I gave the definition on Sunday of, of what that's about, that uh, when you're countercultural, uh, whatever the typical norms and values are of a culture, uh, which everyone seems to be doing, if you're countercultural, you're not going that direction. And so we certainly know that um, we're of this world. The Bible says we don't, we're not to live in it, and we're citizens of heaven. And, and so certainly as we were looking at the Beatitudes, and then we're going to be looking even in a larger way in the weeks to come, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, we realize that so much of what Jesus teaches, I mean, we, we said on Sunday that um, his teaching was countercultural, that uh, he broke the cultural norms of, of that day. And one of the big things that I said kind of introduced the whole series and teaching was that it's almost like a mirror image. It's almost completely opposite of what you would hear in the world about living a successful life or or doing any of that. And so uh, I'm looking forward tonight to getting into our groups and, and kind of having discussion uh, about this. As we talked about, you know, the Sermon on the Mount um, and the Beatitudes of how one of the big things I said on Sunday, and we, we many of us know it as a Christian, that um, the things that Jesus said thousands of years ago, obviously it's the Word of God. And so it's very powerful uh, in our life, and it's no less important today than it was the day he spoke it. And certainly the the current events that we're living in since COVID-19 and racial injustice and all the things that are going on, the presidential election, you know, uh, we, we mentioned that it seems like everybody's against everybody, like everyone's my enemy. And so uh, there's a lot going in going on in our culture, and we need to be living uh, in a countercultural way, according to um, the Word of God, I, I also hope that um, you know I gave some homework on Sunday. Uh, I know for myself, many of the staff, we were talking about it today in some of our time together. Uh, really letting God speak to you uh, out of Matthew uh, five, six, and seven, which contains not only the Beatitudes but the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, in the Gospel of Luke, it, Luke kind of spreads it out throughout his Gospel, but in Matthew, he puts it in those three chapters. And so I, I really do hope that, obviously, if you're on here tonight on Growing Together, I'm hoping that you will also uh, be, you know, meditating on those three chapters this week. I know some of our team said, hey, they even looked at, you know, the context set it up in, in Matthew 3 and Matthew 4, which I also included in my message as well. Uh, I mentioned on Sunday, again, just a very practical walk away. Uh, we've often talked about like prayer, it's adoration. We have talked about the acrostic acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, where we adore God, uh, we confess our sin, we offer our thanks, and we offer supplication or intercession for other people. Uh, I mentioned on Sunday, uh, one of the acrostics and kind of the simple walkaways 
of how we can approach God's word on a daily basis uh, is soap. Uh, in other words, we, we take the scripture, we look at it, we read it, and not just read it and read three chapters to get our check mark, but I mean, we really read it, we meditate on it. And that's why I said, uh, I know in my life, uh, you may read less in terms of amount, but you're getting more out of it. And God, through the Holy Spirit, is speaking to you directly from the Bible. And that the O of soap is that we would make observations of that. Maybe we jot down a few notes and, you know, what do I observe in that? For example, I'll just give you a quick example. Uh, when you read the Beatitudes, uh, and it talks about, it, in a couple of ways, it talks about, and theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and then to the meek, it says they will inherit the earth. And so it's just, it's slowing down and just really thinking about what you're reading, thinking about the words you're saying. Uh, we've often described sometimes it's good to have the word read to you. So the word of God will be read to you. And sometimes you hear it differently when you hear it being read uh, versus reading it. And so um, just some real thoughts. And then, of course, the A of soap is applying that, applying that to my life. Uh, yes, it's God's word. Yes, it speaks to us. But how do I apply that individually to my life, to my marriage, if I'm married, to my family, to my kids, to what I do in my career and for work. Um, and so making application, because I, one of the big things I said uh, about the, the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount is that it's Jesus really kind of laying out the vision of what it means to be in his kingdom. Um, and, and really it kind of related to Matthew 22, where he says, the greatest command is that you love God with all your heart, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And so the applications would be, how does this affect my relationship with God? And then also, how does it affect my relationship with others, whether it be a friend, family member, or someone I've never met? Uh, so then you pray over that. You pray over the word. So many times what I'll do, I, I often say I pray with an open Bible. And so as I'm reading through the Beatitudes or I'm getting into the Sermon on the Mount, whether it's worry or fear or anything that we read, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, then, then just write, pray over those verses, pray that over your life, pray it over your family. Um, and so um, that's just, to me, a great walk away. And thank you for, if you've been doing that, just some insight of maybe how you can go about it. I, I mentioned on Sunday that, you know, the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, it's, it's no longer this legalistic code of restrictions. It's not the Old Testament law. No, this is this is God's grace. This is the New Testament, all right? This is the living covenant. This is that if you want to be a part of the kingdom, this is how you can be my follower. And then obviously we have the promised blessing. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the mourn, those who mourn, for they will be comforted, all right? So you have that um, promise that's there. So uh, again, I hope we'll have good discussion tonight in our groups. Um, I did mention, you know, a lot of the context uh, one of the big things that I said Sunday, and I ended with this kind of a thought, and this really I would love for you to bring into not only your own thoughts, but to your conversation, um, is, is that these Beatitudes, and, and of course the whole bottom line that I gave you was this, unity in the church comes from humility in our hearts. And so much of what, gang, is going on in our culture today, it's a heart issue. I mean, when you think of social injustice and racism and the hatred that people have, even the, the politics that goes on between, you know, Republicans and Democrats, and, and it, it's just this, it's filled with anger in such a way. It's really, it is a heart issue. 
And one of the things that I talked about is that God wants to reconstruct our heart. I mean, the Bible tells us in the New Testament that, that the law, the Ten Commandments of God, all the laws in the Old Testament, the, the dietary laws, you couldn't eat certain foods, you couldn't do this. What it was, it was a tutor to show us that we can't live the, the, God, the life that God wants us to live without the Holy Spirit, without grace, without forgiveness. You can't keep, the, no one, we've all broken the Ten Commandments, all right? And so it, it points us to the cross. It points us to the mercy of God. And it's when we come to God that God then can reconstruct our heart, all right? He can bring his love, Romans 5, 5, that he sheds abroad in our hearts the love of God. And that's what brings the change, you know, um, to people. And so um, definitely wanted to, to mention that and certainly for us to talk about it. Uh, and then, of course, we did talk about that Jesus' teaching is countercultural, all right? Uh, one of the big things that I said was, is that when, it, when, when he referred to the word blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the mournful, that that word blessed doesn't mean holy, and it means more than happy. I know that could be a literal interpretation of that. But I gave what I feel is a better thought about the word blessed, because again, happy, when you think of that, you think of how different words mean things in different generations, okay? Um, I know we think, Christian, we think joyful, okay? But we often refer to as happy, happy birthday. What a, I'm not having a good day. I don't feel really happy. It's more of a mood. But when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, what I said Sunday was that it refers to a fortunate state of life life. You are fortunate if you're poor in spirit. If you realize it's not about you, it's that you are totally dependent upon me, then God is saying, man, how blessed you are, how fortunate you are that that's in your heart. If you mourn over your sin nature, if you mourn over the way sometimes we can be so evil in our thoughts and, and make the wrong choices, if you mourn and grieve over that and it breaks your heart, um, that, that is a reminder you know, of how fortunate you are that I will comfort you, I will forgive you, I will cleanse you from sin. You know, 1 John 1, 9, that if we're faithful and just to, you know, to confess our sin to God, then God is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins. So that's the fortunate life. It's not just happy, it's not just a mood. No, it's, it's I'm very fortunate and blessed uh, when you have that kind of mindset. And again, it's completely counter cultural, all right? That's not the norm, all right? Uh, I mentioned, Sunday the, uh, the meekness. You know, again, maybe you'll have discussions about this in your group that I think, again, we often uh, misdefine what meekness is. We think it's, well, I'm just I'm easygoing. People can push me around. Maybe I'm not saying what I need. It doesn't mean you can't say what you need to say to your spouse or your kids or a coworker. It's the way you say it, okay? It's strength under control. That's what meekness is. It's not weakness or being spineless or just being someone that can be a doormat to somebody else. That's not what it is. It's being strong, but it's being under control. You think about uh, Jesus. I mentioned Moses on Sunday about his strength, but yet he's the meekest man on the face of the earth. The same is true of Jesus. You know, Jesus was, he was God in the flesh. He's meek, all right? He honored his heavenly father. He humbled himself to the point of the cross, even death on a cross, okay? But yet he went into that temple and he turned over the tables of the money changers. So Jesus, you know, reminded us that meekness is not weakness. It's strength under 
control. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. And so uh, I, I really think that's an important thing for us to understand uh, and, and to know. So we, we've kind of gone through that. I, I certainly want to allow time for us to meet in the groups. The last thing I wrapped up with was that um, not only was Jesus' teaching countercultural, but he's called us to live countercultural lives. Okay, we are uh, followers of, of Jesus Christ. He's called us to a radical lifestyle in his kingdom, uh, yet we live in the United States of America. And we have to deal with life and stress and everything else that everybody deals with, but God is giving us insight in his word. And obviously the leadership of the Holy Spirit who directs our life. He's our comforter, our helper. And so um, I certainly hope that when you get into your groups, um, and the group leaders, you can kind of moderate the conversation, but let's just be open. Let's just talk about, um, and I even asked when I led one of our team meetings this week, I said, man, what is God speaking to you out of the Beatitudes? What is it that you heard from the Holy Spirit? Because we've said, whenever we're in the word, um, certainly the Holy Spirit can impress upon us. We're hearing the voice of God when we read, and then we're looking for ways to apply that in our life and live it out each and every day. So thank you for joining us tonight. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to be dismissed to our groups. Um, so let's do that right now. God, we pray right now. Uh, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for, I, God, I thank you personally for the hearts of men and women that have joined our uh, growing together um, time tonight. I pray, God, your blessing over our conversations God, I pray that as we get into our breakout rooms, it will just, it'll be a place where we can talk and grow and, and dig a little deeper into your word and make personal application and ask questions or give insights or just share some comments that we feel the Holy Spirit's been speaking to us. So God, I pray your blessing upon our groups, our discussion time. Thank you for this. Thank you for Tony's leadership in this and uh, all of our teams that are going to, you know, learn and grow together. Thank you, God, that we can grow together in Christ. Such a big part of our mission. Thank you for reaching us and changing our life. And God, we want to keep growing in you. So thank you for this time. In your name we pray. Amen.